Hello and welcome to episode 1097 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, September 13th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, good afternoon, sir. Morning still for you, but yeah, it's still, you're here. still morning here. Uh, oh, it's 10, a little... 1098. My bad, my bad. I didn't see y'all had a Sunday up. I'm I'm behind on my ups, my my uh pods yep. by a lot right now. So sorry. 1098, 1098. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Jason and I had a good episode on Sunday. Uh, talked about the rule changes and oh, excellent! Uh, I'm definitely checking that. that out so I had also a good conversation last night. Uh, Nick Pollock just um, s- surprised us as a surprise special guest uh, halfway Let's through go. Our, uh, FWFB episode last night. Um, we talked a little bit more about the um, the changes. Him and I are in a little bit of a disagreement about how much uh, this may affect pitchers. Uh, he doesn't think the shift is going to affect pitchers quite as much, or at least have the fantasy impact that I think it will. Um, I think it'll so. impact. I think it'll impact hitters more. What does he think about the pitch clock? Um, I mean, I, he definitely think it, it's going to have an impact. Uh, but I, you know, I think that this is going to push pitchers into going for strikeouts more. He doesn't think that that's necessarily the case. Um, I, I worry about guys. Uh, I, I worry about guys, you know, being thrown off, and you guys who already have bad walk rates having worse rock walk rates. I can guys- see that. I, I can tell you this on the strikeout thing: with the pitch clock in concert, they're not going to be able to get as many strikeouts. Like one of the key tricks for why strikeouts are up so much is pitchers taking more and more time in between pitches. Because think of it like a video game: when you stand idle, you gain energy. Like that's how it is in real life too. So the more time in between pitches, more velo, more command. With the pitch clock, it'll counterbalance some of that. So you might be right that they might go for them more, but they might not be as capable of getting them with the clock. Yeah, that's a really good point. I I didn't even think about that. That uh, makes a lot of sense. You also got to wonder how many guys are going to be able to go as deep in the game without the rest in between pitches. So, um, And they already don't go that far. So that could be... It really is interesting because these these moves could create some and individually cases individual cases will be on each side, right? Mm-hmm. Some guys will probably figure out, hey, I still want to go six, seven innings pretty regularly. I'm gonna have to change some things and downshift more for the lesser hitters, upshift for the for the real tough guys, which is the way it was back in the day. And I'm not saying back in the day it was better. Back in the day, you knew you had to go like Eight at a minimum, or else you're like laughed out of the clubhouse. <laughs> like you only went six today. Wow, you're the biggest loser ever. They could also get away with throwing like sixty-eight miles an hour. Like you know. exactly, like the yeah. stuff wasn't there, so you could downshift to your eighty-two mile an hour fastball and get, and get this no hit shortstop out, and then dial back up for the leadoff hitter, things like that. So it was different. If players were trained that they had to go distance and not just all out. I think we'd see plenty of guys going eight, nine innings, but the teams don't care about that because the three three times through penalties, et cetera, et cetera. So I think we could see some interesting mix here with these rule changes. I can't wait to hear what you and uh, you and Justin say, or you and Jason. You know what the Nick Pollock thing reminds me of? You ever hear stories of like local area uh, uh, concert spot or comedy spot where somebody big comes mm-hmm. in? You know, like, uh, oh, my God, freaking Bill Burr came up on stage unannounced, <laughs> did 20 live, dude, because his homie was was the was the headliner here, this, you know, this mid-tier guy, stuff like that. Or so-and-so brought huge artists on stage at the concert. That's what it's like when you say Nick Pollock came on, because like, you're watching the show, Friends of Friends, 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 and enjoying that. And you're like, oh, shit, Nick Pollock for an hour, you said, too. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, uh, we were probably, like, a good – 
40 minutes in or something like that when uh, Nick, Nick popped up into the chat and I just sent him the link. Uh, and then, yeah, he stayed on for like an hour. Uh, we ended awesome. up, so if you like long episodes, it's a two hour and 20 minute uh, marathon episode with me and Dave uh, and then Nick joining us for about an hour in the middle of it. Well, we'll cut some of the time here so that they can enjoy both. We're going to talk some right. second half standout pitchers. And a lot of it, I'm curious where you are for next year. Because every one of these guys is rostered right now. If they're if they're available for some reason as like streamers, go get them. So I'm not really worried about what they're going to do the rest of the year. We're, we're using these guys. Some shower leagues, you might find a Justin Steele or an Austin both on the wire. But for the most part, these guys have been good. And uh, I'm really curious what you think about them next year. And we're going to run the gamut from guys like Steele and uh, and both all the way up to our number one guy here, Spencer Strider. No questions about how great he is. No questions about the fact that he's going to be a premier pickup uh, in drafts next year. I'm thinking very high. I'm thinking like third, fourth round with Strider. Curious your rundown on his season. Remember, he came in from the bullpen this year, and he had a little false start at the beginning there. So there's going to be a lot of stories of I picked him up and then he went back to the bullpen. So I cut him and then, you know, Tommy two cents down the road, picked him up and he won our league. Um, what do you think of Strider and how willing will you be, will you be to invest in him next year on the hype, which will be substantial. I think it'll go second round in some leagues, but then live in the third, fourth ADP style. Spencer Strider, what do you think? I mean, there's not much you can say to detract from what he's done. He's make just- stuff up. Yeah, no, he's he's just he's been phenomenal. Like you compare him to league average, you know, what the league average is in terms of contact rates, and he's blowing out all the way. Like the strikeouts are amazing. He pitches in a really, really great team on a really, really great team. Like mm-hmm. they're you know they're so they're, good, by the way. Can we just give the Braves mm-hmm. like they're I know they're the reigning champs, so it's not like we gotta there's some upstart, but they're so unbelievably good. Yeah, and in 125 innings this year, he's given up six home runs. Like it's <laughs> Like, you know, I mean, what, what, how can you criticize him? I think the only issue is like, what do we expect him to do in terms of innings next year? Uh, you know, is it the only thing you could really come up with? Yeah. And I'm not sure I'm going to let it dissuade me to. Like, I'm really not. The talent's there. You know, he also six footer from the right side. There's some historical bias against that, that player type holding up to the rigors of 30 plus starts and he will be jumping up next year to that. But as far as like me avoiding Spencer Strider, because he might get hurt because he's a little bit more slight of frame. I, I don't care to overly factor that. That, Every that is there's a risk that, yeah. And that's a concern for like long-term if you're playing in a dynasty or keeper league, maybe sure. try to sell high on him. Not necessarily right now, but like as draft season is going, because he's going to be one of the most talked about pitchers coming into draft season. Because no they're going to they're going to be people that go, well, he's worth a second round pick, and then there are going to be people in the industry that go regression, regression, regression. So he's going to be on everybody's mouth um, come draft season, one way or yep. another, right? And so that will drive up his price in the dynasty league. So like maybe in a dynasty league, if you're not competing. I'm always looking at if I'm not competing, I'm always looking to self starting pitching um, because they can yes. break down so quickly. But in a redraft league, I just I don't know that I'll be able to be willing to pay the price on him. But there's no reason not to if you're just you, looking at the straight skills. Do you agree with the general idea that I have where some second round peak? Oh, yeah, for sure. And then a lot of third, fourth ADP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's Spencer Strider. Um It'll depend on how my thing, how my rankings break down, whether or not I'm going to pay that price. But he's going to be up there very high. He's a top ten starter. He will be. 
he will be this year's Freddie Peralta from a draft stock standpoint. Yes, um, I, I think that checks out. And, you know, also slight of frame. Yeah. Maybe some of the same sort of. Mm-hmm. But Spencer Strider took big steps in his command this year that we have never really seen from Peralta necessarily. Yeah. I don't believe. Absolutely. I'd actually like to see, I didn't talk to Eno with this, uh, on the command plus. Because is it anecdotal that I'm noticing? Or does well, the, stuff, pl- uh, the command plus stuff back it up? with Spencer Strider because I feel like he's improved as the season's gone on. He's at 3.0 walks for the season. It was definitely higher uh for quite a while there. And three is still, you know, it's 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 right there on the on the edge, but you can live with that when you strike out that many guys eight percent walk rate, which is also league average with Spencer Strider. So um you're looking for the command plus? Yeah, I don't think I have it. No I problem. No problem. We we can get it from you know and see what's going on there with uh, Spencer Schreider. I mentioned Justin Steele. He is on the IL, so maybe he fell on to some waiver wires if, if people had IL spots that just uh, you know got clogged up. We don't know exactly when he's going to come back this year, so I do understand cutting him. Uh, it's not on a talent thing. It's on a I-need-guys-who-can-play type of situation. But Justin Steele has been unquestionably strong this year. And he also is somebody who I think we're going to hear stories of. I had him early. I was in. And then this blow up took me off of him or this inconsistency took me off of him. Or when I started him at Pittsburgh and he got rocked for five in five and two thirds, I I rage cut him or something like that. Um, Cause he wasn't, he was a little wobbly at the early part of the year. In fact, through May, Justin Steele had a 540 ERA, but he had a 320 FIP at the time. The skills were there. And over the last 14 starts, Justin Steele now has a 205 ERA with a 322 FIP. So he's been the same guy, but the luck went to the other side of the ledger. Uh, 80 walk, or excuse me, 80 strikeouts, not walks, 80 strikeouts in 79 innings there in those last 14 with 27 walks. The season numbers, 25% K, 10% walks. So still a little high on the walks, but Justin Steele has been a nice little breakout. Uh, how, how are you looking at Justin Steele for next year? He'll be 28 years old. Excuse me, it'll be his age 27 season next year. He just turned 27. Yeah, so this is one of the things that we talked about last night uh, in reference to the shift stuff is you have to one of these guys with kind of big ground ball rates and bad, you know, bad whips to begin with, like how much they're going to be hurt by not having the uh, the shift. And there's going to be a lot of people who are smarter than me and can automate things a lot faster than me that are going to be able to yeah, kind of modify yeah, how, you know, how much uh, these guys are going to be hurt. But Steele's got a 52% ground ball rate uh, or above the league average zone contact rate. You know, I like the fact that there are strikeouts. You know, we're not talking about a guy who's like, you know, striking people out at like a, you know, 20% K rate or anything. Uh, you know, he was closer to 24 or 25% this year. So that's that's good. That's what I want to see. Um, hmm. It's not going to be a good team in, in Chicago. You think it'll be better, though? Like, you think they're – because they didn't do a total rebuild. So I wonder – It depends they, on what they do in the offseason. Like, that's true. But could they take – like, I, I, in my mind, I feel like they could take a quicker step next year with a couple sure. of moves. I mean, they they've got money, right? Like the only like big of course contract. they do. they lie and pretend they don't. Yeah. But. So I mean, it really depends on uh, does the organization think that this is like a time for them to make a move? It's it's a you know a division. The Cardinals are good, but the yes. Brewers, you know, the Brewers are always kind of just hanging around. I mean, they got Obviously, a lot of talent. I think they Cincinnati, underperform their talent. Cincinnati's got some sneaky good talent. They um, step forward in that division next year. Yeah. They they have a great system now. We're seeing a mm-hmm. few 
pieces uh, emerge that aren't even part of those big prospects, yeah. the Noelve, uh, the Ellie De La Cruz, the um, what's the other guy, uh, the other uh, middle infielder they have, Matt McLean, or no, 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 Edwin, uh, what, what, what's the other one they got from? From Seattle, Edwin Aquino, is it? Edwin something. Edwin Arroyo. I can't the remember. Prospect folks are screaming yeah. right now, like, hey, you stupid geek, you don't know anybody. Edwin Arroyo, who knows what names I said? I was close ish, not really. But yeah, Edwin Arroyo, he's way far away. But they haven't even got broke into those yet. But I'm talking about guys like I, I see a Spencer Steer who's been putting up some interesting plate appearances. Um, and these guys aren't even prospects, TJ Friedel and Jake Fraley, but they're both age 28 next year. They could mm -hmm. be a nice uh, two pieces in their outfield. I agree with you on Cincy, uh, but Seattle, or excuse me, uh, Chicago could be better too. And that could certainly help a Justin Steele and a Keegan Thompson, but you're not quite diving in, I feel like, on the steel. Because I don't think he's going to be expensive. But would No, I, I think he's going to be fair priced, actually. So like, I don't yeah. think there's a problem with taking him where he's likely going to be going. Like, I don't think he's necessarily even going to be like a top 150 pick next year. So I agree. Um, I agree. I, I think, you know, especially in your 10 and 12, team leagues like that is such a um low price to pay uh that i don't i don't think that you have to worry about it like i think for if you're playing in deeper formats you're playing 15 team leagues i think you probably end up having to be your th number four starter and i don't know that i feel super comfortable with that um so i'm i, th I think a shallower format where he's going to one of the last pitchers you put on your roster i think that that's pretty decent upside right we did see some gains from him this year uh, I do like the fact that he gets strikeouts. It's just the amount of contact he gives up. I, I do worry. And this is the hard part with like all the new rules is we have no idea how they're going to play out. And he, yep. you know, I, I said this in 2021 after the 2020 season, when you had a lot of people who are like, well, this is how you got to value 2020 uh, for 2021. This is how you got to play 2021. Now that we just had 2020. And I'm going to say the same thing that I said then now, which is anybody who tells you this is the way we have to do it is lying to you. But they don't know. Yeah, like they, you we can't have no be that idea. definitive on it. Like you there's, just should not be that definitive on it because there's no historical no context for this. Like so, exactly, like, we have no idea what's going to happen. We can we can make educated guesses. Absolutely, and that's what we're going to um, do. That's what we spend the whole off season mm -hmm. doing is trying to prepare the best way we can. But I agree with you. The, the definitives of like this is the one way to. And I get you know clickbait headlines and stuff, but like. Don't get fooled by this is the smoking gun to fix, you know, to be good yeah. next year or whatever. So, I mean, but he's like one of the things I'm probably going to devalue. Uh, well, are guys who don't get, you know, really gaudy strikeout rates. Um, you know, the as Nick calls them, the Tobies, right, of the world. Yep. Um, they're they're going to be devalued a, a fair amount. Uh, high ground ball guys, right? High ground ball guys that would have benefited from the shift. Um, wouldn't are, you are, have to investigate to see how much they're helped by it, though? Because couldn't ground ball yes. guys be hurt just as much by it? Potentially, by the it's just so hard to know. Like, it, really it, it is, is, and like, I think it will be a case by case because I feel like you know, looking at the league I, for me, the shift has impacted individual hitters more than it's done anything for the league, mm -hmm. right? Like, it has had a residual effect on things in that lefties. They're not trying to get base hits anymore. They got to hit over the shift. So that's a fact that you, or that's a factor that you won't necessarily see in BABIP that is happening, right? Like, so the BABIP won't necessarily change substantially at the major league level because of that. But just watch a left hander go against the shift and you'll see that they're trying to hit over it. Now, if you look, 
in the last 20 years. BABIP is actually up a point. It was 289 in 2002, and it's 290 this year. It's really, I mean, it's it's ranged as high as 297. And by the way, it was 297 the year before that in, in 2000 mm -hmm. as well. Um, or 2000, 296, 2001, 292, 2002, 290, 289. The last three years, it's been 290 on the button. I, I don't know. Like 299 was the high in 2007 and 289 was the low in 2002. That's such a small shift. Like if it bounces back up to the 290, do we, or 299, do we think the shift, uh, there was plenty of shifts in 2007. So I don't yeah. know if the shift will make a tangible difference. I'm rambling. I'm sorry, but I don't think the shift is going to make a tangible difference. I think it'll be individual cases. So I wouldn't devalue player classes. I would do the legwork to really dive into to see the individual players that I might, you know, say you have a 50% ground ball rate, but it's, but it's center and oppo ground balls. A lot mm -hmm. of, you know, a lot of uh, not pulled ground balls, even though that's not generally, a lot of ground balls are pulled, you, you roll over it. But I wonder, I do wonder. And like you said, smarter people will do the work for us that can, mm -hmm. can math it up there and really see, but I'm going to be doing my own individual research on, on different players to <laughs> do my own research on, on these players here before I decide if I'm going to get uh a, a Carlos Rodon vaccination or not. Uh, but, you know, you, I, just, I honestly just picked somebody at the top of the list here that I was looking at. So I don't know. Um, Steele's interesting, but I want to move on to the next guy because, listen. I, I will say, just like quick, quick, one of the cool things we do over at, have over at uh, Fangraphs is on their spray chart, you can take out different uh, batted exactly. ball events, right? Yes. So he's got the majority of his batted ball steel. Uh, this is Justin steel. You're back on. Yeah. Or, yeah. His majority of his batted ball events are straight up there to, you know, third base shortstop. Like, okay. So he may not be affected quite as much. So that's, um, that's a pretty, uh, that's, that's an interesting little, little tidbit so, there. Yeah. yeah. So he might be able to succeed with it. And this is something that we can't know unless like, Eno's talking to him or any other reporter that gets info. Some guys hate the shift. And it bothers Absolutely. them just mm -hmm. inherently. And like, so they're not their best just because. And they know Nick, that they got to get Nick over mentioned it. that last night. Yeah. But yeah, there's going to be some guys who are just at more ease and they're just going to have a comfort comfort rise in performance. And we don't know those. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll find out. We should start going around. Do you hate the shift? Do you hate yep. the shift to every pitcher? Uh, I don't know if Drew Rasmussen hates it, but he doesn't hate succeeding. He's been uh amazing 50 innings in the second half with a 162 era and a 0.88 whip uh for the season he's at 257 104 23 k rate six percent walk hey seems like phil Dusson knew something when he said his got his chart had him at the 20th starter or top 20 starter or something and i remember balking at that i was like wait a minute what the guy doesn't throw innings my question with him has always been the volume though i've always been like can you love a guy and put him as a top 20 type starter if he only goes five innings every time. Well, don't tell me who I can love. Exactly. That's true. I won't. Uh, but he's put, been pushing it up a bit. He's only gone less than five once in, or twice in the second half. He's got sixes in his last, he's gone over five in each of his last one, two, three, four, five outings and six of seven. So he's pushed the volume a bit more with Rasmussen while having this amazing performance. Of course, it's the efficiency that is allowing him to get deeper. The pitch counts haven't really changed. So let's spin it forward. Coming off this brilliant second half and overall brilliant season, a huge cosign from somebody like Phil Dussault who said his system had him as a top 20 or 25. Pardon them. I don't want to misquote, but it was a very high ranking. Mm -hmm. 
Where do you think Rasmussen is going to go, and will you be willing to pay it? Because I think it's going to be a high price. Yeah, um, I think it is going to be a high price, too. Uh, question is how high, man, because like he's still a guy who doesn't go super deep into games, but he has been going six, which is you know a great sign, and he's been super, super efficient. I mean, he the last time he had a multi-walk game, was the beginning of August. Um, that's huge because that saves yeah. him, like you're saying. Like that allows him to go deeper into those games for Rasmussen instead of getting pulled. But he, but the, but he is still getting the same pitches. Like mm-hmm. it, about, he's still not over a hundred at all. And so I just wonder, what what do we do with that? Like, are they going to expand him further next year? Or is I this- would have, I would think I think this is more of a matter right now that they're you know especially with the injury to McLean and. Like they're trying to limit his innings so he's available during the postseason. Definitely. Uh, so I think you would think that the reins will be taken off a little bit. It's still Tampa Bay, so exactly. like they're still going to like limit guys, especially the third time through the order and stuff. So, um, but like, why can't he have? Like, I, I don't want to say he'll be SP two necessarily next year, but like top of the SP threes. So let me give you. You may get drafted in the SP2 area, though. Let me give you some of the short sample standouts last year that that are in a Drew Rasmussen Mm -hmm. type of level here. Now, some of these guys had different cases where you're like, we think we're going to build the innings up. But Carlos Rodon had 133 innings last year. Mm -hmm. Trevor Rogers, a buck 33, and he was excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see here. Another standout would be the aforementioned Shane McClanahan. He had 123 innings, and we saw where he went with the projection that we thought he would build innings. Now, I think we all, all see Rasmussen as more of a workhorse type than, uh, excuse me, McClanahan is more of a workhorse type than Rasmussen. But we thought McClanahan could add 30, you know, uh, upwards of 50 innings and go up to 175, 180. He's at 147 because the injuries hit again. Where does Rasmussen go from here with innings counts? Like I said, we don't know. Uh, Rodon, by the way, added 30 innings. He's at 160 three right now and he's going to add more so he'll be up at like 180 so these other guys that were standouts trevor rogers obviously busted so he didn't end up really getting a chance to push the innings i think he would have been able to if he was good uh otani's his own separate case but he had 130 innings last year so we saw some standouts that had short samples and they went pretty high do you think he goes more in those guys type of range or can he get to like an eighth, ninth round type of range for, for Rasmussen. Oh, I think he's, I think he's definitely going to be above eighth, ninth round. Um, okay. I mean, it's not a perfect comp because Rogers had a little bit better strikeout numbers, but I think Rasmussen's already put together the longer track record as compared to uh, Rogers track record last year. But Rogers was going like the fourth through six rounds. Um, yes. And I'm thinking fifth, sixth round probably sounds about right. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. Yeah, he was a he was a fifth rounder by ADP and was going in that 60 to 89 range was was Rogers's range last year. Mm-hmm. Trevor Rogers and McClanahan was right by him at 92, 74 to 119, a bit of a thicker range there. I don't think we get too much past that. Okay, here's another one. This is a different case because of who he is, but Kershaw was also a short sample god and nobody was projecting him to add much, right? He did 121 innings last year, 355 ERA. Nobody was saying, oh, well, he's going to go 180. If you were, you're insane. So mm-hmm. Rasmussen, if you don't believe he's going to go much higher, 
do you draft him in a Kershaw type range, which last year was pick 114 as the 47th pitcher off the board? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I think he should be above the 47th pitcher. I think he's okay. A, I think he should be. So that's gonna be probably, sixth, fifth, sixth round. Yeah. In a 15 okay. team, yeah. Um, yeah, in a 15 team. 15 team. I, I think it, you just want to be smart about how you construct that rotation, right? If that's you're going to draft a guy like Rasmussen, you need to draft a horse at the top that's going to get the innings because yes. there's a there's a legitimate chance that 160 is the cap, right? Um, yeah, they might just not be interested in really pushing Rasmussen beyond that because you look at another example of a guy like Jeffrey Springs who came into the rotation this year and they like – Insta took the reins off, and mm-hmm. he's not that far behind Rasmussen's innings already, one twenty three to one ten. Like Springs is right there, and they they said no innings limits for him and all that. Now he's three years older, different cases. I'm just saying they pushed him a bit, and um, I, I feel you. Team construction is going to be a big part. I wouldn't necessarily want to pick up this guy with Rasmussen. That's George Kirby in Seattle. 112 innings so far of excellent work. 298, 114 with a 25% K, 3% walk rate. I think he does project to eventually be somebody of a workhorse who can consistently get that 175 plus range. I don't know if it'll be next year. I guess everything kind of depends on where they're at in the playoffs and how far they have to push him this year. But what do you think of George Kirby's excellent season and how that's going to play out next year for Kirby? Oh, man. Um, you're a big video game guy. I am. What what does Kirby do in the video games? He's pretty mean. You're talking about like he doesn't have overwhelming stuff. No, like, I'm. He eats. Oh, oh, oh the He's actual Kirby. Guy. I thought you meant. I thought you meant Kirby's character in MLB The Show. You meant Kirby the. Oh the, yeah, yeah. I, I, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Kirby, Kirby eats. eats. That's, that's a great reference. I'm sorry, uh, I, I screwed it up, but that was a great reference. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably should have been a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm thinking like, how have I done with him in Out of the Park Baseball and MLB The Show? I'm like, he's okay, but he doesn't have a dominant pitch. Anyway, continue. He does <laughs> eat. Do you think Kirby becomes an innings eater as early as next year? He'll be 25, by the way. He didn't come yeah. up at 22. He's a college no, guy. I, yeah, I think he's. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he immediately jumps to innings eater next year. I think he does. I mean, you know, he's he's a guy that he's got three legit and really kind of a fourth legit pitch. Um, really good command. Uh, does a really good job about getting out of innings quickly because he doesn't put men on on uh, on base for free. Doesn't give up the home run. Pitches a good ballpark. A really good division to pitch in because you've got you know two kind of bottom feeder teams uh, or three kind of bottom feeder teams in that division. Like everything is lining up for Kirby to be a top thirty pitcher next year. Uh, you know, I think the big question is like, how deep do they let him go? Um, I I don't think they need to put the reins on him in the way they might need to on a 22 year old with 120 innings. Right. Um, yeah. I think he'll be a guy by the end, you know, he's going to have probably a hundred and third, not probably 130, 25 innings maybe or something like that. Well, you also have to consider, Plus playoffs. 26 in the minors. So he's at 138 mm-hmm. right now, plus okay. the rest of the season, plus the playoffs. So, yeah. and if you do the 1.5 factor on the playoff innings, because that's kind of the stress that it puts on your arm, he might already be at like 175 next year yeah. in terms of I, total volume, ready to be a 200 guy next year if his body holds up for George Kirby. I, I think Kirby is a top 30 pitcher. I, okay. I, mean, I'm, I, I like the boldness. And like I said, I was originally saying maybe don't pair him with Rasmussen. But as we're going through this, I'm like, yeah, he can get the innings next year. And maybe you do pair him with Rasmussen to cover some of those innings. Because I really do like him. And I do think his floor for George Kirby 
is pretty high. Let's go to one of those teams that you think is going to be a bottom feeder again next year. And I don't blame you, but I desperately hope for God's sakes that they're not stupid angels, 14 game losing streak. Uh, but it's hard not to think that they're going to still have struggles next year, but they, you know, Otani, Sandoval, Detmers. What about this guy? Jose Suarez, is he ready to be a real part of their rotation? Unexpected breakout here, 24-year-old lefty, 86 innings, 377 ERA, 126 whip for uh, what, uh, for Jose Suarez, sorry there. And in the second half, he's been even better and really taken advantage of his schedule. Is Jose Suarez somebody that is something? Do you believe in this, or is this a second-half flourish that people are going to overdraft because uh, he helped them down the stretch? Oh, can it be both? I mean, you look at the schedule that he's faced, and it's pretty light. Like, it's, it's, it's it, like, yeah. You know, it's it, pretty light. It's in the second half at Kansas City, home versus Oakland, away versus Oakland. He Seattle, somehow faced Detroit Tampa. like nine times, didn't he? Uh, no, he only faced Detroit once, but he forgot oh, okay. to face Oakland twice. Like, it's been the lightest of schedules. And I don't know that he is like, good overpowering stuff necessarily um i think uh in a different schedule would be he would not be on this list um that being said there have been some improvements to the game uh and uh, you know i want to give him credit you know the slider has been has been you know crucial to his, his success um i just I'll be interested to see where it goes because I don't feel like he should get overdrafted. Like I don't feel like he's going to be in the SP. Like I don't think he's going to be a, like drafted as a top forty or maybe even top fifty starting pitcher. I think uh, the fact that the Angels are so bad, um, they're in a six man rotation. Uh, they're a West Coast team, limits his visibility to a lot of people. Uh, I like I don't think he's going to be one of these guys that pushes up huge. Um, you know, so I, like he could end up actually being a value because he'll probably be on a lot of people's fades list in the same way that like Cal Quantrill was um, really ignored uh, by lots of people um, and ended up being a really, really good value this year. Uh, um, so like, I, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to like say like, Oh, well, uh, no way am I going back to the well, like, thanks for the good work. Jose Suarez at the same time, like, I don't think he, like, I don't think this isn't like a, a step into another level. Like, I don't think he's okay. like, uh, I do think he's pretty much guaranteed a rotation spot. You um, think, right? Because this is a, an impressive performance. And by the way, I finally got Suarez in the second half. 176.090 ERA whip, by the way. Yeah. I, it's it's super impressive second half. They're in a six-man rotation. And what else do they have? Like, Yeah, exactly. Unless they like, buy they've something. Got a, they've got Otani, but they, they still have Otani, Sandoval, Detmers. That's Detmers. number three. Yeah. So that's three locked. They still got so three there's two more. Spots open. Uh, or, or three, three more if they, they want to keep six the six. They're going to keep six with Otani. You think so? I think they should change that. Let him pitch every fifth. They should. They probably will. You're right. You're right. So they got three more spots. Suarez definitely copping one of those. That's a good Uh call. He's been amazing. I think if if you're a Suarez believer, fret not. You're not going to overpay. Yeah, like he's so. going to be he's going to be really cheap in my opinion to the point where if you really do believe in him, he can be your sleeper. Like mm-hmm. no one's moving Jose Suarez like through the roof in any uh, tangible way. He might end up going where Quantrill went last year, which was pick three hundred. Yeah, and even yeah, if I, it's fifty picks higher than that, okay, your sleeper at two fifty is fine. So Jose you know Suarez where, can be a sleeper. 
you know where I want Jose Suarez is um, in draft champions. Like I want yes. a lot of early Jose Suarez shares in draft champions because he's going to be one of those guys that people just kind of forget about in drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, and he won't win you your league or anything like that, but he's going to provide some pretty useful innings um, with the angels in that rotation. So like in those really deep leagues where you like, you get to this point in the season and you're like, Oh my God, what I would give for a healthy arm that even comes close to a strikeout in inning. Um, I didn't want to see a red suitcase to save my life. Well, if I had red luggage, I I'm throwing it out uh, by the season's end. I'm in a DC where I'm trying to stay in the race. And right now I have to start Andrew Chafin and Matthew Boyd um, because I only have 10 pitchers um, that that are are alive out of the 22 or 23 I drafted. Like it's like, that's a pain uh, in the butt. And so like, yeah, I mean, Jose Suarez in in draft champions kind of leagues, draft and hold leagues are, I think is, is the money pick, but I also think he's going to be viable in just about every other format. I'm, I'm with that. Jose Suarez, interesting, 24 years old this year, 25-year-old lefty next year. Could be somebody who and – if, and if there is another level, by the way, then watch out. So I love mm-hmm. him as just a floor guy. Do you think there is innings. another level? Com- like I, 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 don't I don't know yet. I, I understand that, and you're looking at the profile. I'm not, so I would want to investigate before I go any further on that, but probably not. Like he throws medium, you know, 93 from the left side is fine. Um, you know, he's got three pitches, but it's, it's two breakers. So, you know, I think he's playing some of his best ball right now. Jose Suarez, I'm going to use that 403 Sierra as a guide. I'm planning for an upper threes, low fours ERA, which has value in draft champions and 15 teamers. The nature of our deeper leagues that you and I play is going to make us Jose Suarez believers where some folks in 12s and 10s, they don't need to be. He can be a shooter yeah. for them, and that's all they have to worry about. Yeah, I think Jose Suarez in, in 10, 10s, I don't know that he's even draftable, honestly. No, he's. Because, I think he's an in-season streamer yeah. that you decide. And then if he is good, you get to keep him. But for the most part, you don't have to draft Suarez yeah. in the 10. In, in, in 12s, I think he's kind of borderline. Team um, streamer. In yep. 15s, I think just the stability. Because I think he is going to have a chance to stay in the rotation all year. I think that gives him value. Um, but like, there's just... Like I said, I don't think there's another level here. It's a 12% swing strike rate. Like, I don't think, like, all of a sudden, like, uh, you know, he added this slider this year that's been really, really pivotal to his success. Mm-hmm. So maybe he adds a different pitch. Like, or maybe, like, in, in something, all of a sudden you go, oh, um, you know, and he's had a huge velo boost before. So maybe he gets another velo boost. Oh, and you're like, now. has a real change up, by the way. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. It's just bad. <laughs> but he does, yeah. have, he does have a real change up. So if he improves that. Maybe, but uh, I, sorry, I didn't mean to steamroll you there, but I said he only had slider curve as his secondaries. No, he's got, he's got a four pitch mix, fastball, slider, curve, change, and change is actually the most used secondary. He just, I think he needs to be a bit better. It was great last year. It's a minus 0.3 pitch value yeah. this year. So not, not as good for Suarez. So yeah, deep leagues. I think it could definitely be somebody that uh, overperforms or just is what he is kind the, of status quo. The change is actually the strikeout pitch. Change, the change. Oh, that's where in this case. Okay. 41, 41 of his strikeouts have, have come I'm on. I'm surprised that. it has such a bad pitch value. You know what? Shouldn't always just overjudge on pitch value. Pitch values mm-hmm. tell you what's going on, but they're not predictive. So let me back up on that. I don't want to say because it was his best pitch last year, and it is a mm-hmm. pitch that he needs. And I wasn't sure if he had like abandoned it this year because it wasn't going well. No, he's still throwing it. He loves it. If it's if that slider goes with it, there could be something nice there. 
12% swing strike rate, though, should generate about a 23, 25% K rate. He's at 23. So that's where Suarez is. I like him. What about this next guy who is having a big breakout that I, is another one where I think he could really jump up? And that's Brady Singer. Big-time prospect. Number 18 pick overall. Top 100 type guy. Showed some flashes last year. Started to kind of get the ball rolling. This year, next level. Second half for Singer, 63 innings of a 229 ERA, 103 whip. 25% K rate, 5% walk rate. I really love that. 50% ground balls. Is this the awakening for Singer? Is he a, is he a true breakout to believe in and somebody will draft next year? Absolutely. And the problem is everybody's going to be on it. Like it's like there is no maybe not, this maybe, one. maybe no, the this Royals is... factor will keep the price a little, I hope, little cheap. I hope so, but like not yeah. cheap. A little cheaper. Not cheap though. I think he's yeah. really expensive. Top seven, eight, ten round guy. Yeah, I, I think so. Oh, I think I probably higher than that. Actually, I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be a guy who's gonna be going like fifth, sixth rounds in God, some I drafts. Hope you're wrong, but you might uh, be right. Well, at least that's where I would be starting to consider him. So, sure. Like, no, I, I think I, that's I, fair. I mean, he everything he has done in the second half um, has. I mean, and I don't even want to say just the second half. Like, no, no, no. Know, he. I mean, this was a guy like he didn't make the opening day rotation, and everybody's like, "Oh, well, that's kind of a bummer." Um, but like in the second half, he's just been unreal. Only five home runs, uh, given up only 13 walks given up in 63 innings. Um, he pitches in one of the best parks in baseball to pitch in, uh, you know, uh, in a division that you're not really afraid of a lot of the other offenses. Nope. Um, he's, he, he's kind of, he's a really polished kind of finished product. The question is like, is there another level coming for him? I don't think so. We're talking about a 10% swing strike rate. You mean with the skills, right? Because 321 ERA, 114 whip is totally fine. But I mean, like a strikeout, like upgrade. Like, because 24% right now, it's kind of the best that a 9%, 9 9.4% swing strike rate can really generate. Yeah. And and it wouldn't be surprising if that even comes down to like 22%. Um, So, but I do love the skills. Like, if you can pair him with a high strikeout ace, like a Robbie Ray. Um, like that, like is a really, really good start to a rotation. Um, that hopefully you won't have to pay an astronomical amount for it. So, uh, I, I really like Brady Singer. Um, but I think everybody's going to, yeah, he's going to have his fans without a doubt, and they could be plentiful because Brady Singer's having a wonderful year, former prospect making good. You love to see that. Let's go out to Baltimore. They got a couple pitchers as Jose Barrero strikes out again. I think his strikeout rate, this is interesting. I saw this. I think it was Sarah Langs or Jeremy Frank tweeted out. His striking rate is over 100%. He has more strikeouts than he does plate appearances, Justin. Did you know that about Jose Barrero? Wait, wait, wait. He has more strikeouts than, than plate, plate appearances. appearances. Yes. I'm trying because, to figure out how this is possible. Well, all so for the last um, two weeks, he struck out twice in every plate appearance. You've seen Bugs Bunny commercial where he swings like three times really quick and then does it again? That's Jose Barrero. Yep. Yeah. So you got to get these stats on Twitter, dude. He has, he has 120 strikeouts in his last 60 plate appearances. It's crazy. I, I, I can't believe more people aren't talking about it. Um, I can't believe he was one of your guys coming in. Dude, so <laughs> one of my guys. I love Jose Barrero. So I'm shitting all over him because I'm so mad at how much of a terrible player he is, dude. It is so bad. Yes, I love Barrero. He's one of the guys on your DC teams where you go, no, nah, I'd rather just take the zero. 
Exactly. I don't want him in. It's yeah. a 45% K rate legitimately. He does oh he is 0 for God. 2 with 2 Ks today. It's a 40 or 44% with a 5% walk rate. He is an utter disaster, Jose Barrero. Sorry for the derail there, but I had to I had to roast him and myself. I'm glad you brought up that. Yes, he he I'm big time Barrero guy. And honestly, he'll be the last pick of my DCs next year because I don't learn. I'm stupid. Yeah. What? Well, why not? He, I mean, like literally the last I, pick though. Like he yeah, he's literally free. Yeah, yes. he's literally free. Like we can say free on that one. Jose Barrera will be a fiftieth pick wherever he goes if he goes. Uh, back to Baltimore. They got Austin Voth and Dean Kramer here that I want to get into, and a lot of their guys. I, I think you could really go through the whole rotation except for Jordan Lyles. So Bradish, Kramer, Wells. Both and even Watkins, uh, Rates and Barrels was doing a good discussion on Spencer Watkins. They were also doing a bunch of second half stuff. Did not cop the idea from them. I was actually listening to them uh, before we started. I was like, oh, wait a minute. They did the same thing. But they were talking about second half risers uh, after being a first half failure. So a little bit different there. But what do we think about Kramer and Voth both having wonderful second halves and pretty good seasons overall? Voth, once he got out of Baltimore, or excuse me, once he got to Baltimore from Washington, really turned his season. Kramer quietly been good the whole season with a 323 ERA, 123 whip for 94 and two thirds. Both, like I said, really turned it up once he got to Baltimore, including a nice second half with a 249 ERA, 120 whip. Let's start with Kramer, the prize of the Manny Machado deal. Are you buying this? There's been a little, like there were maybe some flashes in 20 and 21, but nothing that I ever heard anybody saying, Dean Kramer this, Dean Kramer that. So he takes a big step forward this year. I know so much of it is that wall. It has to be. Not necessarily with both, by the way. He's not that good at home. But Kramer has to be loving that new wall. They're not going to change it next year. So barring that, like, do we use that as a negative because it's new? Or should we just accept that it's fact now and, and count that as a positive for players the way we do pitchers pitching in Kaufman or um, Arizona once they got the, the humidor or any other good pit PNC? What do we think, Dean Kramer? I mean, I think as long as we don't hear any news about them redoing the dimensions. Yeah, um, and he was good on the road, by the way, but he really leverages the home park, too, so that he's good both spots. Because normally a Baltimore pitcher could be good at on the road and then bad at home, but this year they don't get hit at home. He Well, Kramer has not given up a home run in Camden in the second half. Um, there you go. You know, like all three of the home runs he's given up in the second half have come on the road. Uh, what one was at Toronto, the other uh, two were at Cincinnati. Uh, he's also done a really good job of keeping men off the base paths. Yes. Uh, so if strikeout- you give up a homer, it's a solo mm-hmm. and not a two or three. The strikeouts haven't been very good. Um, and I think that's what kind of keeps the the price down. He, he pitches to a lot of contact. Um, you, so you do wonder, like, he, he's going to be one of these guys where we're going to take these individual looks at like how much the shift may bother him. You know, you know, in the second half, he's had an 88% zone contact rate, which is uh, about 4% above league, league average. Um, and, you know, a 10% swing strike rate that is, you know, kind of delivered um, a uh, 18% strikeout rate this year or in the second half. So, He's not like super exciting, but he's a guy like for the end of your rotation in a deeper league. Like, I don't think he's 10 or 12 team viable, really. But in a 15 team league, he becomes a little bit more interesting at the end. Uh, I just worry a little bit that maybe he is kind of a Toby. Um, yeah. And is that the guy you want 
on your roster when the Tobies are the things that could probably be the most hurt by the change in these rules. So I don't think he's a bad pick, and I do think that park saves him. Absolutely saves him. Yes. Um, it creates a, a floor for these Baltimore pitchers that if you're interested in them, um, you feel like worst case you're starting them at home only. Yeah. Now, I, I'm get, the vibe I'm getting here when you're talking about like these potential Tobys maybe being hit again, Toby is just a run of the mill pitcher for a 12 teamer. Nick calls him that because of Toby Flenderson from the office where he gets a job done, but you don't really like him because on the show, Michael hated Toby. And so that's what Toby's are like meh pitchers that you're kind of streaming or whatever that you don't love for those that don't know the terminology. Oh. And by the way, his spray chart is exactly what you don't want to see in terms of the shift moving around. Cause he is getting, yeah, like, he's getting a lot of, the shift. A lot of those ground outs. Is Dean Kramer are, we're still talking about, by the way, too. Dean Kramer got, you know, looks like from the shift. So okay. um, you go overlook his spray chart, and it is a much different picture than uh, the one we were previously talking about with who, Steel. Uh, who, with Steel, yeah. Steel. Okay, so great, Dean Kramer, be careful. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm, I, I think this whole Baltimore team could create some pitfalls if people draft them too high. I do think, though, that there's a good chance that people treat them properly in the market and don't overrate them i wonder if this is one where the whole market's going to kind of get it right where it's like they get pumped up obviously but they don't get pushed through the hilt to where you're like oh my god what pick did i just spend on austin both uh, both especially because he has those washington numbers really holding him down so that people won't necessarily notice how good he's been i mean they'll know he was great in baltimore but he put up 19 innings of a 10 13 ERA and a 214 whip in, in Washington to really tamp down the, the baseline yeah. numbers. Uh, so what do you think of both? Uh, do you like him better, the same, or less than Kramer? And why or why not? Mm, I like I think I like him a little bit better than more, more, Kramer. More. Yeah. Um I'm surprised that the strikeout numbers that's what, I knew you were going to say that, and I got one for that. I think there's upside. I really do. Yeah, because I, I mean, you watch him pick pitch, and you go, okay, there, there should be, there should be some, there. there's stuff there. Yeah, um, and so I'm actually really kind of surprised, uh, you know, looking at the stat line that he was just at a 20% K rate. So mm -hmm. I, you know, I could see that trending up. You know, he gives up a, you know, he gives up more home runs, and he actually has given up. Let's see. Uh, four of his five second half home runs have been at home. Um, Interestingly, Voth has not leveraged his new park yet. If you no. look at his Baltimore home numbers, they're not. It's actually two runs higher, the ERA three eighty two mm -hmm. to one eighty five, than it is on the road. And same innings count thirty three to thirty four. So interesting stuff there. Um, he's actually gotten hit up at home a bit, little bit. His his couple bad outings have both been at home. And I mean, part of the issue there is. The amount of fly balls he gives up, he, you know, yes. forty-six and a half percent fly ball percentage in the second half. Um, so I, I think there is. Here's the. If, it depends on what you want. Like, if you want someone with a little bit more upside, I think Voth as the upside over Kramer. Um, if you want safety, though, Kramer's I think just much safer. So it's kind okay. of like, what do you want at the end of that draft? Both these guys, I think, are fifteen team players sure. and nothing else and then like medium 12s maybe i i think i think both of them are streamers at fast 12 that's fair that's fair especially especially in draft season they might well, play themselves into being kept as team streamers or, or consistent starters but going into the draft season next year kramer both 
Um, Watkins, Watkins is the lowest of the bunch for me, but mm-hmm. um, uh, Tyler Wells and Kyle Bradish, I think they're all 15s for sure with 12 intrigue if it's a deep league or if you're just picking your last flyer that you love. And I, and I think, I mean, here's the thing. All of these guys are replaceable in the eyes of the Orioles. Like, none of these guys are part of the future. And so, like, I think Bradish might be personally. Maybe I just love him, but I think your you general point him. is well taken. I, th- I think all of these guys are placeholders for the Knicks crop. So you have to, like, really kind of take a discerning that eye. That won't matter you know. next year. It That's could. Fair. You think so? You think they got five new guys ready to go? Like, Grayson and DL. Grayson and DL definitely yeah. coming up. Yeah. They're gonna, Not necessarily they're five, but they could sign someone. Like, this is a team that, like, they've got a lot of money. I guess your point makes more sense when you figure they are going to replace some, and we don't which know ones. Who. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yep. That's if, if they replace three starters, that's a is it going to be your guy? Chance. Yeah, is it going to be the guy? Like we can. The fact they sent Watkins down, I think, tells us okay, Watkins is probably one of those guys. Okay, um, so here's an interesting one. Sorry, Jordan Lyles has a seven million dollar option. That's pretty cheap for an innings eater. Do they pick gonna, it up? Absolutely, they pick. They up. have to, right? Because yeah, he can yeah. eat a buck fifty out of and nowhere they, for it. Or the, for and they can trade him at the deadline and get something in return. Yeah, right? like or, or, or be, trade somebody else and let him keep eating innings if yeah. they're bad or something too. Which yeah. obviously they expect to be better next year because they're building on this season. So they're next. That's they're a next good year's point. Mariners. Yes, they're this year's Mariners. From this that, year's, like they're yeah, just following their trajectory yeah. one year behind. I completely agree. It's the easiest comp. Um, so that's a good point about all the Baltimore guys that you might have your favorite, but if it doesn't align with Baltimore's favorite, they could be on the outside looking in. And uh, I will say, I'm a Voth guy. He's thirty. He's gonna be thirty-one next year. Like, yeah, there's not and long-term upside there for him. None of them have this massive ceiling. Like, none of them have this like. Hey, if if everything goes right, he's an SP too. None of them have that, and so like, are they worth? I think they're all just streamers because uh, you know, you want to be able to just say I'm cutting bait and moving on as soon as something happens, right? Like you don't want to be like, well, no, I got to hold on to him for at least a few weeks to see what happens in case it's you know, uh, uh. Um, a Brady Singer type thing where like they'll be back in the rotation and you know they're gonna lead. No, none of these guys are that good. Like they're, I honestly, they're all streamers, even in 15s. I think. I At think least that's, that's why I'm yeah. drafting them. Back no, no, in no. your roster. I, I think you're right that you you don't need to like don't. You can love Kramer. You can love both. You can love Bradish, mm-hmm. Wells, whomever. Plan for them to be a streamer the way you draft them. Yeah. The price mm-hmm. will be streamer esque. The talent. I agree with that. They can emerge into something more, especially for 15 teamers, but do not go in saying I've got both for 170 innings. You have no and, idea on that. And like take a so I mean, like they play in a really tough division to pitch in, right? That's with thing really, really good teams. So take a look at the early season schedule. And they may that if the early season schedule has them going up, you know, to Yankee Stadium, to Fenway, you know, home versus Toronto, like a bunch and stuff early on, don't just don't draft them. Yep. Don't draft them and pick them up after. Wait for them to get run. cut. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So that's where we're at with Baltimore. I totally agree. Lock step with you there. Let's stay in division, but get a lot older here and talk about a guy I've loved for years, but don't have anywhere this year, even though Michael Waka 
is pitching his ass off. So maybe I don't love him because I didn't get him anywhere. And he's having a wonderful season coming off of last year's disaster. And just the volatility of pitchers is perfectly encapsulated here with Waka. 505 ERA, 131 whip for 125 innings last year with Tampa Bay. I wouldn't have blamed anybody for saying I'm not I'm not drafting him. I mean, the skills were still pretty good in terms of strikeout and walk, but 1.7 homer, 9.5 hits per nine. That was a re- those were reasons to stay away from a 30-year-old Waka who's had injury issues. Well, flip it forward. 107 innings this year of a 269 ERA and a 103 whip. He's been even better. In the, well, actually, he's been pretty much the same in the second half. 270 ERA, .87 whip, 27% K, 3% walk for Waka in the second half. Is it going to be enough to get you to buy in next year? And I, I can't tell you where he's going to pitch. He's a free agent again, so it could be his fourth team in four years. Or excuse me, his fifth in five. St. Louis in 19, Mets in 20, which I totally forgot about, by the way. Uh, Rays in 21, Red Sox in 22. Who knows where in 23 for Waka? Will you buy? Will be fully team dependent? Give us your Waka rundown. This is one of those guys where you go, hey, I really appreciate everything you've done for me. You've carried my team in Tout Wars this year. You and Martin, <laughs> you and Martin Perez. From personal yeah. experience, it sounds like. Yeah, you and Martin Perez have carried my team, uh, my pitching staff in Tout Wars. And I want to thank you for all you've done. There's no way, yeah, no way am I going back to the well on this one. There's a shiny pen for you. I don't believe any of this. Like I, I I feel not at this level, right? Like there's just no way. No, and like he gives up so much contact. Uh, Looking at his spray chart, he looks like he might be one of those guys really, really aided by the shift. Now, as long as Boston doesn't re-sign him, pretty much anywhere he goes is going to be a better place to pitch, right? Like. If yeah. he finally gets out of this division too, or yeah, one of the East, because he was in the other, like leave the East, <laughs> go back yeah. to St. Louis. He'd be he looked really good in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, uh, like I think that'd be a, that'd be a nice little landing spot for him. Or, Pittsburgh hat on today, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I no, I mean, like, but here's the thing: I don't think he's going to be expensive. I think he's going to be cheap as hell. I think That's nobody's going to yeah. buy this. You're 100 um, right. I so I think it, it completely depends on. I want to see him in a better park in turn or well, not necessarily better park, but better division. And I want to see what the defense is behind him. Okay. Um, I think that's I think, fair with Waka because only 20% case, like this yeah. is not a case spike. This is command control and an mm-hmm. amazing 244 BABIP. That the BABIP yeah. is driving the overwhelming majority of this for Waka. He is still a four ERA type skill pitcher. In fact, that's what yeah. he's been the last three years. His Sierra's he's, last he's, three, 399, four, 403. His X ERA is 417. That's his true talent. Mm-hmm. He's a nice low fours, high threes kind of guy for Wonka. That's the true talent. Pay for that. And if you get lucky again next year, sweet. But don't expect anything near this. This, this is like the baseball gods giving him back all that they took from him early in his career. Correct. You're dead right. When when he was just being ravaged by injuries at his, mm-hmm. the peak of his powers, they're giving him a little flavor back. Because like I said, he's been a four Sierra the last three years, but he had a 662 ERA in 20, 505 last year, 269 this year. So this is some make good from the I, baseball gods. Don't buy it. I have a question for you. Who do you think – what what team do you think is the dumbest team in baseball? Colorado. All right, so he's going to sign a two-year, three-year deal with Colorado. <laughs> like that's like that he like whatever team has the worst analytics department is going to sign him to a multi-year deal. Bro, his ERA is on fire. We got yeah. him for three yeah. years, Look dude. It. For th- yeah. uh, for a two-half ERA, bro. 
And we didn't even years. have to pay that much. Like, nah, we get dude. 30 Boy, million for three years? Like, this is great. Yeah, we, so. we stole him, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Rockies are so dumb. It's unbelievable. They will probably get uh, Michael Walk on a deal. Uh, let's talk Bailey Falter, young pitcher for Philadelphia, doing some really nice things from the left side. Is this another sneaky lefty late season run against a good schedule? I'm looking at you, Ranger Suarez, speaking to Nick Pollock earlier. He was keyed in on that. The schedule was the biggest thing for him. Um, Suarez ended up finding a cutter midseason to kind of salvage things, but Nick was definitely dead on uh, being concerned with Suarez's stuff, especially early on, and you can't predict a, a um, uh, arsenal change there, so he couldn't have known that he was going to find a cutter and be better. Is Falter doing the same, though? Is he teasing us with a sharp second half that uh, that is going to mislead. He's at a 338 ERA, .98 whip for 35 innings with a 23% K rate, 4% walk, 370 on his Sierra. So not that far off of his Sierra. Uh, but as I mentioned, the schedule has been pretty nice. If you're looking at it uh, since the de- since the break, pardon me, Chicago, the Cubs rather, Pirates, Mets, Pirates again, Diamondbacks, and they're terrible against lefties, even the new baby Diamondbacks that are good, and then Miami last time out. So what do we think about Bailey Falter? Would it be a uh, would you be faltering to take him, or or do you think he's, <laughs> he's worth having? All right, so he has played all of the really, really bad teams versus left-handed pitching. It's like it's like no I'm telling thing. you. Chicago is 21st in Woba versus lefties. Uh, Pittsburgh, who he's gotten twice, 27th in the league versus and left. I know that Miami's dead last because I've been hammering it Miami all year. Miami is dead last. Uh, even <laughs> the Mets, who are the only good team he's really faced in the second half, uh, is uh, 17th. So, you know, so bottom That's half. not their like, strength. Yeah. Arizona 24th. Like, those are the teams he's faced in the second half. This is all, like, again, you know, smoke and mirrors against bad teams. Like, okay. no, Bailey Falter is not good. He's just been a really good streaming play uh, in the second half because of the schedule he's faced and because that park is a really good place to pitch. Um, so, wait, yeah. Philly like, is? Oh, wait. No, I don't know why I was thinking Philly. Uh, no, Philly's not a good place to pitch. He's um, pitched in some good parks, including that. He's Pittsburgh Arizona. Stuff, I was, for some reason, I was saying yeah. Arizona. Pittsburgh and Arizona um, have been good spots. But, yeah, he's just taking advantage of a nice schedule here with Bailey Falter. What, what else? He's not, him? not nothing. Like, there's okay. nothing. Like, he's he's kind of um he has no overpowering pitch thank you for your service uh, uh bailey um i hope this secures you yeah exactly i hope this secures you a rotation spot uh that you can lose about two months into the season next year uh but, <laughs> going in on falter yeah. yeah he's i mean thankfully like the marlins continue to be in his division next year yeah so he'll get another him. handful of starts yeah. against them and they can't hit left. like i should just i'm a right-hander but i should throw opposite hand and I'm probably getting three punches on them. They're so bad against lefties. It's unbelievable. Well, it, I mean, here's the thing. Like, they've got Washington that's bad against lefties. They've got um, Miami that's atrocious versus lefties. Like I said, the Mets uh, are, are, are worse against them at least. Yeah. Um, and what team am I missing? Uh, um, not themselves. Oh, oh, the Braves. Just avoid the Braves. Just, just, yeah, just dodge third, them. Third, third best team in baseball against lefties. So as long as you're dodging the Braves with Bailey Falter, like he'll be a fine streaming pick in division. Well, there you go. So that's Bailey Falter. Justin, not a huge fan. Maybe he's a bigger fan of this young lefty. Nick Lodolo, 24-year-old. He'll be his age 25 season next year. His full season numbers are pretty good. 378, 130 with the whip, 
whip runs a little bit high with him, but in the second half, he's really cut it down. 280 ERA, 106 whip for 54 and two-thirds with a 30% K rate, 8% walk rate. That's usually where the whip comes from is the, the walks being pushed up. But he has a 290 BABIP, which got back under 300, so he has a 208 average against. Nick Wadolo, you're talking about somebody who's not going to be hidden, not going to be cheap, going to be on every quote-unquote sleeper list, not a sleeper either. Are you buying Lodolo and are you paying the premium? Because he will be expensive relative to what he's done. Oh, man. Um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm very excited about him, so I'm going to have a hard time not paying the so premium. We, talk, we talked about him last night on the French Fans Adventures pod with Nick, and he was just a guy that just came up that we were talking about. Um, I think Nick actually asked, because we were talking about Frankie Montas, and he goes, who would you rather have next year? Frankie Montas or Nick Lodolo? And I said, well, I think Lodolo is going to be cheaper. Um, he goes, well, but if it was just straight up, and I think I still think I'd go Montas. But the more and more I have thought about it, and it was on my mind the rest of the night. Um, yeah, I think I'm taking Lodolo. I think Lodolo's next year Shane McClanahan. Ooh. Um, I think there's, I'm, I mean, I I completely space. Who's the comp against? Uh, the, the question was Montas versus. Oh, Montas. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. And I had first huge Montas guy. And, and going... but you look how bad Montas has been in New York, um, especially specifically pitching in Yankee Stadium in that division. Like that was a really really bad spot for him. Um, we knew that it was going to be tough too. Like even yeah. if you fully believe in Montas, and I'm a big Montas believer, big you believer knew too. that just the park change had to hurt. No matter what, no matter yeah. how good you are, that is a difficult park change to make and the fact he is he has not been his best so he has struggled with new york i would go Lodolo too absolutely um i like i said i i mean i think Lodolo is potentially shane mcclanahan um just in a worse part um so you know but the, the beauty of it has been like he has you know about half his starts in the second half have been at home in Cincinnati um and he's not given up home runs he has he has not given up a single home run in Great American Ballpark in the second half all of his home runs have been on the road mm-hmm. uh that's, that's what can you ask for from a guy who's got a massive strikeout rate has done a pretty good job of keeping men off the bases uh via the you know um free pass like he had two really bad walk games, um, the in the second half, uh, the the at Milwaukee and the home versus Chicago. But he, you know, he survived them, um, and since then, so since let's see, uh, August seventeenth, so his le- or sorry, uh, August eleventh, but no, sorry, August seventeenth, his last five starts, he has not given up more than two walks in any of those starts, and his last three starts, he has two total walks. Uh, I love that. I mean, I don't know what else you can ask for from the guy. He's got amazing stuff. Um, he's going deep into games. He's gone seven innings, six innings, eight innings in his last three starts. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that holds him back is Cincinnati is being on the Cincinnati team that we think is going to be a little bit better next year. Yeah, um, and that part can be tough. But listen, premium like we took Luis Castillo those years. Um, we took when when they had Castillo, Bauer, Gray, you know, when they were running a hot staff, and it wasn't that long ago, by the way, uh, that they just gave up on the team. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm gonna be taking him. This is what it looks like. And Tyler Molly, by the way, who did have struggles there, but we still always drafted him. 
He's he Lodolo is laying the foundation of what it looks like for a premium breakout. You keep invoking the name of Shane McClanahan. I totally get that. Do you think that he goes cheaper than McClanahan did last year, though, at not pick 92 for McClanahan? I feel like Lodolo could. So if we believe he could be McClanahan and he goes, say, pick 115, 120, shouldn't we be all over that then? Absolutely. Uh, McClanahan went 109. Uh, he was the 29th pitcher, starting pitcher off the board. The 38th overall pitcher, 29th starting pitcher off the board. He will, Lodola will be in my top 30. Um, Same. And I, if he is going anywhere after pick 100, I think I'm hammering it. Um, I think so too. Oh man, I and I like like I said, like this was not what I thought yesterday. Like yesterday during the podcast, I was like, no, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> And the can't, more and more I thought about it, us. even though I didn't like write him up or anything last night, like I, I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. I overslept today um, because I, I was I've up been till, there plenty, so that's why I gave you zero guff about it. I was up till three a.m. looking at Nick Lodolo, um, <laughs> and uh, so I'm glad you put him on the sheet today. This wasn't like uh, planned or anything. Um, but yeah, I'm, I love when I'm little in. debates like that stick with you, and you're like, "I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep investigating, I'm gonna keep thinking about this." Yeah, and and here you are now, deep diving, and he's become somebody that you love and think like, "Hey, he's gonna be my like SP three by the time I'm done." Like it's just <laughs> he won't be, but like yeah, I mean. <laughs> by the way, uh, just a quick reference uh, or a quick note with Lodolo, ERA wise, much better at home, two fifty seven versus five sixty three yeah. on the road. I wouldn't say like oh he's going to be a sub three i'm just pointing it out i probably shouldn't have because i don't want to infer or, or imply that that is super meaningful just pointing out that he hasn't even been beat up by the home park yeah um, he's done really well there lodolo was supposed to be an ace like you know or a premium prospect not necessarily ace ace is a very tough tag to give anybody but he's a top 50 guy for like three years running yes this is what it looks like with lodolo i can't wait to be interested but before we hype him up too much more and get him into the number three pitcher overall we're going to go ahead and wrap up here on episode 1098 someone at the very beginning said 1097 what an idiot that guy must be but justin great talking with you glad you were able to get some sleep i, I ended up texting daniel i was like just let him sleep now because now i'm going to go run some errands and we'll just catch up during the day it's no problem we, we got each other's back when the other falls asleep a little bit longer problem is we're both night owls, but we have things to do in the morning. You have a family, so there's a much different, you know, you got to get up with kids. But, you know, I don't want to be sleeping all day either, and so we both get try to get up early, but we're up till all hours of the night. So it doesn't yeah. quite work when you got to get up early sometimes. Sometimes your body says, nope, you're sleeping through the alarm. So it's all good. We'll be back on Friday bright and early at 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. your uh, my time, 6 a.m. your time, uh, talking more. We'll maybe talk hitters that are similar to this. Guys that have had big second halves that are kind of on those where are we buying them type thing next year. Because I think these discussions are interesting. There's going to be a lot of discussion about several of these guys. What price do we pay? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just say, saying as is high end, not as an ADP. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody takes Strider on the turn in the league. Just oh, to not. put it on the I, table and takes him 15 and then their hitter 16 type. Yeah, I won't be surprised if he goes in the first round of some ants. Like I just I mean, as long as he's healthy and everything looks good coming in spring training, yep. somebody's gonna get that strikeout rate is so gaudy. Because when you pick 15, 16, you don't have a great chance yeah. of getting him back at three at three four. Like so You're that is going, kind of yeah, your you opportunity to take yeah. strider. Um mm -hmm. so I, I I think we'll see some of that with him. By the way, mm -hmm. this is didn't need to be a discussion, so I didn't put it on because I think it's I think it's guaranteed. But Degrom's a first rounder next year again, right? Yes. 
Okay, just yeah. automatic. I totally agree. All right. Well, that's going to wrap long, us up. As long as he finishes, they healthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if he got hurt again, it would change it. But if he goes in the playoffs and does well for them, continues to do what he's doing here, easy first rounder he, again. He was a first rounder this year, even though we knowing, knew that there were, yes. yeah, knowing that there was an issue. Like, just want to make sure uh, we're all on the same page. Sometimes you, you just check. Well, I think the, sure. the greater question is, would you take him in the first round? Yes, I would. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly open to it. Um, if my hitters didn't get there or something, if I'm picking late, I think he can move down. Like he could be a, a latter half of the first half to mitigate some yeah. of the risk. Um, and if you, I, I think you could be right on that. He might not even be for DeGrom. If there are no issues coming the rest of the way and into drafts, I think he is a top six pick. I knew you were going to say um, six. I was just about to say it. the earliest I would take him is six. So especially, right if we're, especially if we're looking at like stolen bases, being less valuable because they're going to be more with the the bigger base larger base we're gonna to have to the, talk about the, that too the the pitchers not being able to step off There's also um, that yeah multiple factors uh yeah i mean i i think that you could see guys like guys who have been perennial top three picks jose ramirez trey turner drop a little bit because people are gonna think i think it's probably a mistake too but i think a lot of people but are going to say happen. yeah because a lot of people are going to say i can get those stolen bases later um, but when you have more stolen bases, it still means you need to get bigger chunks. And it's not like their yes. guys, those guys' stolen bases are like going to stay the same. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like, oh, Trey Turner's only gonna have 25 stolen bases no, because he'll jump too. No, he's gonna jump too, and he's gonna give you a bigger piece of that pot. Anyways, um, I do think some of those guys may drop a little bit, and guys who are like DeGrom are gonna rise. Uh okay. you know. Uh, also, I think you know just good hitters in general are going to rise, uh, which they so, should. Okay. We'll do this another time. Cause we're, we're yeah, wrapping up here. Yeah, I, wanted to do, I was going to do an either. No, I, I want to dive right back in and mm-hmm. do like another 30, but I was going to do an either, or we'll do some either ors on some first rounders where we're slotting to Grom based on some of those hitters. Cause you bring up some great points, but we will wrap it up here. Talk with you on Friday. Have a good one. Take it easy. <laughs>